What's up, everybody? This is Gabby. And KT. And this is Building Our Power. Make sure you hit that like and subscribe button. Make sure you share this with a friend. We greatly appreciate it. Today, we're going to be talking about can the black and white working classes ever unite? Uh, KT, what do you think about it? Um, Because there has been a lot of discourse over these past couple months about, you know, ex-Nazis coming into leftist spaces, about uh, letting the Proud Boys infiltrate with the uh, meet with the black people. Just some interesting dialogue. But I think we have an interesting uh, perspective because uh, you are white working class. You come from a white working class family. My family has been black working class for the majority of it, uh, but we are recently, you know, integrated into the middle class. But I do have experience being a black working class person. So, uh, KT, what do you think first about this question? Uh, So, what do I think about whether or not black and white working class can come together and unite? I don't think it can happen until... White leftists are ready to um, are ready to to face their racism. I don't think that it, it it'll be able to happen until then. White leftists are racist. <laughs> so corny, but yes, <laughs> the way you said it. There's yeah. no way. No, no, stop. Okay, so yes, obviously, white leftists uh, are. So Malcolm X said basically there was something I can't remember like which speech it was, but he was talking about how. Like, white leftists or white liberals are more deceitful um, than conservatives. Because essentially, with conservatives, you know, they're openly racist. They are basically like, okay, uh, blah, 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 blah. Like, we know how white left or white conservatives are. But white leftists, they ignore that they are doing microaggressions. They ignore that they're doing harmful things under the guise of, oh, well, I'm progressive. There's no way I could be racist. I agree 100%. Uh, like, I mean, we'll start from the progressive side, and then we'll go to the more uh, radical side. Uh, somebody that reminds me of this is Cal Kuzma. Is that his name, Cal Kuzma from Secular Talk? I don't know if this is his last name. Cal Kalinsky. Kalinsky. Who's Cal Kuzma? <laughs> Was that like, that's from like Empress New Groove. <laughs> from your high school. <laughs> uh, anyways, but I, I just remember when Bernie Sanders was running this second time. Mm-hmm. You know, he pretty much uh, ignored the black community for the most part, but Cal's, uh, his argument at one point was that Bernie Sanders didn't win was because he was uh, focusing too much on the identity politics stuff. And that he really needs to focus on the issues that affect everybody. And for Carol Kalinske, apparently the only thing black people care about is uh, getting weed uh, Weed. legal and uh, prison reform, whatever that means. So that's kind of... And then when you go on to... um, the more radical sides, you get some of the same things. You get, um, they, they may acknowledge that there is structural racism and all that stuff. But the way that they talk about black people when it comes to addressing issues, it's just like, well, just some reform and put some money in education and put some this and that. It's like, wait, I thought we were supposed to be the radical people. 
I thought we were supposed to be the ones that don't want to use the government to do stuff. So it's like, and then the thing is, most of these uh, left to bread to folks, yeah. they have never been around black people. Nope. Or they've never lived around black people. They've never had, like, relationships, experiences, families with black people. Yet they're like... Okay, why are all the black people mad when I'm saying ex-Nazis should be able to join in the group? But they don't want to listen to black people. They never have black people on their shows. They're never uplifting black people unless it's Black History Month or they've been called out and then they have, like, one black friend. Literally. What do you think? No, I was actually going to bring up, you You made a good point about not bringing black people onto the shows. Like, if you think about Kyle Kalinske, you think about uh, V-A-U-S-H, we're not going to say his name. Uh, if you think about Hassan, if you think about, if you think about, like, the Rational, rational National, Bell, yeah, him Bell, too. The, uh, um, literally, any of the radical, quote-unquote, people, they literally never bring black people on. And if they do... Which is very rarely, they only bring on black men, which is a, another problem That's in and of itself. Right, right. So it's just like, so to, to answer your question, kind of like bring it on home. No, like we need, there needs to be something that forces white people um, to look at the things that we do to oppress black people in the movement. And it, it's, it shouldn't be black people to educate us. It shouldn't be, it shouldn't take that for you to know, oh, oh, I didn't know. No, you should be actively doing your research just like you do with freaking marks. Just like you're out here telling people to read. There's plenty of books. There's plenty of people who have book clubs, like no name, uh, that you guys can read these books from. And it's it's frustrating. I can see how that would be extremely frustrating for us to have that conversation and be like, no. Because white liberals and white conservatives they essentially have the same thing in common. They, the only difference is, is that white leftists are deceitful, but they're both racist at the end of the day. So will they come together and, and do it? Probably not. Not even that. Let's, I mean, let's go into the fact that white people in general, no matter what political party it is, they think that it's up for the black people to just be like, I forgive you. Yeah. Let's come together. It's always on the black people, the marginalized people, to be reasonable, to be forgiving, and to, to be accepting. And it's like, no, because we already know that the division between black uh, people and white poor people has been brewing since the white poor people were here. 400 years, just like when the black people were here. We were pitted against each other. White poor people were made to feel that black people are monkeys inhumane so that they wouldn't realize that, wait, we're not getting paid anything. These people are making money off of not paying these people thing money, and we're not benefiting from this in any way. So this has always been going on, and it's going to take longer than somebody learning that, oh, maybe communism is good for people to make radical change. Because we already see it. Just because you're a communist, just because you realize now that you're working class and that the corporate corporations are oppressing you, that does not correlate to you being uh, 
a good person or not racist. Because right now, what y'all are doing is establishing that white people can be oppressed by corporations. Right. Right? But then when you bring it to black people, you bring black people in, and you haven't set the groundwork for anything, then it's just like, oh, okay, well, we're the same. Well, y'all should just be willing to come over on this side, and we can get together. And it's like, no, 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 we're not the same. You are still white. And even though you're getting oppressed by the corporations, it's not because you're white. It's just because you're poor. I am poor, and I am black. So even if you, by luck of, of the Irish, get a chance to go to middle class because of a connection or whatever, those chances are not as readily available to us. And then you need to see me as a human being. Then It's, it's so much... It's so much to tackle that, like, and it's a lot of work to do. I don't see it happening anytime soon because y'all over here trying to get the white folks to see that they're in the working class and being oppressed, but y'all are not doing the work to get them to see how they're also being the oppressor. So it's y'all need to be doing both at the same time. Okay, so here's my question. I'm curious because a lot of people will say, and I've seen this like a million times on leftist Twitter, but they will say, oh, um, well, it is, it's class before race. It's class before race. And that makes me upset. I know why it makes me upset, but would that be something that would uh, make you upset or that, you know, they shouldn't be saying? And why do you think that? Every oppressive group always wants the oppressed group to just uh, find the common identity. Right. And not express how they've been marginalized. So even in the black community, with queer people, trans people, or whatever, women, you'll hear people say, you're black before you're trans. You're black before you're a woman, this, that, and the third. When when you go on up with this, now they want to say, well, we're all working class before you're black or white. We should just all unite. And it's like, no, because by doing that, I'm finna go into an organization with all these white folks. Y'all finna talk over me. Y'all ain't gonna wanna address none of the specific ways y'all are harming me and my community is being harmed. You just gonna wanna put your white blanket, uh, non-experiential opinions on things. And that's another thing. I don't think that white men... I've already said that, should be in any positions of power when it comes to building power and creating radical change. They have no experience being marginalized in any way. I don't care what you tell me. Don't You can't tell me nothing. And so their, their opinions are literally so far removed from anybody that's actually going through something that you're really wasting time, if you ask me. I'm adding, I was just going to add white women too. Like, yeah. Like, I don't think white women should be in positions of power as far as like radicalizing anything along those lines. Absolutely not. Absolutely, positively not at all. Because the amount of teaching you'll have to do for that person, you could have just had a black woman up in there. Exactly. You could have done it yourself at that point. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it just, to me, it just feels like. Like, if we really are thinking about, like, moving forward, white people just need to move to the back. We need to move to the back, and we need to recognize and uh, assess each other and learn from each other as to what we're not supposed to be doing, number one. 
And you need to be researching. Just research. There's so much information out there that tells you, hey, you're being oppressive. Even as a leftist, you're being oppressive. It's an easy Google like everyone else tells you, like you tell everyone else. Just like you're out here saying, well, why don't you Google this? Why don't you go read theory? Why don't you do that? There's literally information on this, and you're just too caught up in your own whiteness in order to pull that up. So my question would be to you. So you've had your experience living in the a working class as a white person. Mm-hmm. So kind of go through your, quote-unquote, radicalization and your uh process of understanding uh, institutionalized racism and other bigotries and things like that. And then from that, can you talk about maybe some ways in which the working class can be brought to, you know, the other side? So for me, I think uh, part of like radicalization really was um, growing up poor, definitely. Uh, My mom having a lot of children uh, because of that, we had to shop at, like, Goodwill, thrift stores, etc. So I think that definitely pushed me to uh, look at poor people a little bit differently. Um, definitely after, like, besides just growing up poor myself, um, I also was, like, God, I'm trying to think. I would be on Tumblr, and, of course, everyone knows, like, back in the day on Tumblr, you would see a lot of information, and there would be a lot of people who were talking about race uh, race issues. There would be a lot of people who were talking about all types of stuff. And so part of that also is going to be, like, reading other people's experiences. Um, also, coming out as queer, that also makes you look at somebody or some group of people differently because you're like, oh, okay, well, you know, there's X, Y, and Z. Um, being fat, that's another thing that made me want to go and read. So it's like, really, it's just, um, what kind of radicalized me, I guess it would be just my own life experiences. So things, certain things have affected me or certain things affected people that I was in relationships with or that I loved or that I cared for. And so because of that, it pushed me to, to read more and to be more understanding of other people. So some of the books I actually read, um, one of the first ones that I remember that really pushed me was um, one that me and Gabby actually read together. Uh, and it was about, um, what's it called, Mississippi? How do you Coming call it? Yeah, Coming of Age in Mississippi. Really good book. Definitely recommend that. Um, definitely not the first book or first research I read, but it was one that really, really was like, whoa. Uh, because it really just puts it into per- perspective. And then another really good one um, that I read was uh, How Capitalism Underdeveloped Black America. Uh, That's a really good book. Uh, James Baldwin, those are really good books. Just books that are by black people, uh, about black people's experiences, really. Uh, And uh, researching things like books on, like, actual data that or not even just researching, but, like, watching documentaries, too, and things on YouTube um, that actually shows the data, like, how oppressive America has been since the very get-go. So, um, yeah, what people can do, really, is just do that. Like, go to, like, I'm sure your library, everybody's library, probably has, like, a a black section or African-American section, and you can go over there, and you can literally find any book you want and read it. Now, 
make sure you continue to do your research. But I mean, that's basically what, what you could do. Um, I do want to recommend, though, there's one article I pulled up for this conversation. Um, and it's called the Racism Root Kit, Understanding the Insidious of White Privilege. And it's really, really good. Um, the abstract basically says that uh, this talks about racial microaggressions and how even liberals, white liberals, are you know prone to being racist internally, so within their roots. And so, yeah. You should definitely reach, uh, read that as well if you are white and you're trying to, like, understand things better. Okay, so so it's going to be your uh, episode today. Oh, so what would you say, say, like, from taking your experiences and then the experiences of people that you know, white people that you know that are working class, what can white people do when they're doing this work of educating the masses on class consciousness? To also educate them on racist shit. What can they do? How would you go about it? Like say your your sister or somebody. You're trying to get her into communism or whatever. But you're also trying to get her into seeing the intersections of which oppression lies. How would you do that? I think I would probably... I would I would make it... I would relate it to something that she uh, understands first of all. So it would probably be like, okay, well, you know that we grew up poor. Uh, You know that you are also a woman and you get paid less. Okay, so you know that there's an intersection there, right? And then, of course, I would move on to, okay, well, imagine if not only are you a woman and did you grow up poor, but you're also black. So it's three intersections there, right? And so then it's just like, I think that's kind of how I would start it off or how I would try to merge them into it. Now, I feel like, though, that there is a maybe like a certain point where I can only go so far and at which point I should uh, be referring her um, to information online that I read from other people's experiences and things along those lines. Okay. That sounds like a good idea. Cause, and I'm, I'm doing this intentionally, you know, asking KT these um questions because the biggest leftist voices on the internet uh are white people Mm -hmm. and those are the ones that need to be doing all this stuff and educating while they making their little communism videos need to make their little racist homophobic uh ableist videos as well just in the same amount in the same amount it shouldn't be a every blue moon out well oh yeah black people exist oh yeah queer people exist oh yeah disabled people exist this should be something that they're always doing so that when it comes time they should already be organizing, but they ain't. When it comes time to organize, I and my folks won't be looking at them like, uh-uh. This dude was just using the slur. Mm-hmm. These folks over here uh, calling me woke school. These folks over here crying about identity politics and cancel culture. I don't want to have nothing to do with them. Do y'all stuff first. Leave us alone. Don't even come my way unless you're giving black people a platform or you giving us some money. Yep. Don't even look my direction until you have done the work of educating your people. Don't ask me about no ex-Nazi. Don't ask me about what he said, she said. Don't ask me about nothing. Don't come to us until you have done your work. So that's pretty much my conclusion of it. 
It can happen, but white people will have to do the work and stop using black people as the foot soldiers to do everything for them. One last thing. I remember when I was learning about, what was it? Was it uh, Step Back History? Step Back History was doing a video on uh, some of those anarchist groups back in the 60s and was pretty much saying how um, at a certain point in time, they were having a hard time... um, organizing the white working class in that area. So they were just like, well, I guess we'll go get the blacks. And it's like, we we always see this. This is why black people are apprehensive, for any white people listening. Black people are, white, are apprehensive of white people because historically, from the beginning, slavery obviously, but even now, we're always used as the foot soldiers. Never want to put you in positions of power. You always the ones going out in the streets. You always the one being used for your bodies. Always the ones that's going to be out there when the folks get to shooting. So, yeah, we'll work on that. Uh, so I think that's pretty much it. Unless you had anything else you'd like to add, KT. No, that's it. All right. I'm good. Um, make sure you hit us up on our social medias at KT underscore does art at Gabby's music at building our PWR on all social media channels. I always say I'm going to put some doggone links in that description. I will put them in there this time. I promise. <laughs> uh, also of some mutual aid groups and some pl- people in Memphis that's doing some big things. Um, there's a YouTube channel. Make sure you like and subscribe to that. If you like this, uh, podcast episode. You can always give us some reviews on Apple Podcasts or whatever. You know, we ain't going to ask for no money right now. But, uh, yeah. So, thank you guys so much for listening. We love you. We'll see you next time. This has been Building Our Power.